as a pastor, and I'm sure Pastor Odin can agree and Pastor Chuck can agree, Dave back there can agree as well, these sermons, these messages are some of the hardest ones to give. And it's not because we don't love the story and we don't love the scriptures. We do. We love all of God's word. But the hard part about it is there's so many different directions we can go. And each one of you who comes in here might think of your favorite Christmas scripture and wish that we were reading that today. I don't know what comes to your mind. We're going to be reading from Matthew 1 and 2 today, and you can open your Bibles to that. But I know I wish I could just read all the Christmas scriptures to you this morning. And I thought about it. But remember how last night I said um, that I wanted to give all of you a gift well, there's your gift for you, because some of you might not want to be here as long as others. Some of you are pushing it, trying to get the kids here this morning and get ready on, by yourself. I think, of, I think of some moms in here holding babies back there as their husbands are up here leading worship. Thank you, Austin. I think of others, too. I'm grateful for you being here. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the message. We have a great blessing to come together today. To worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our almighty Jesus Christ. And on the day that we celebrate Christmas. You know, it's surprising to me because so many times we come together to worship Christ at Christmas time. But it's not really Christmas. We come in and we say, Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. And we talk about the Christmas scriptures. But it's not Christmas. Some of you, that might bother. Others, you just appease us because you know, well, it's that time of year we got to do it. But today we get to do it. And it really is Christmas. As we come together today, I want to carry on our idea from last night's Christmas Eve message into today's message. If you're here last night, great. You'll get to get a little extra. If you weren't here last night, you'll still get some extra. But I encourage you to watch last night's Christmas Eve message later on as well. Last night we saw how Jesus is the best gift ever. He is an indescribable gift, 2 Corinthians 9.15 tells us, and he is to be praised. He is an unending gift which keeps giving life and light for all of eternity and to all mankind who chooses to trust in him. But in this gift of giving us this baby Jesus, it was not without cost. Jesus was a costly gift and a valuable gift to us because Jesus' life would be given for us. Today we look to a new idea. We're going to continue that idea of the best gift ever. We're going to continue this idea of gifts with this idea. Gifting the king of kings. Gifting the king of kings. What do we gift him? Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. What do you give someone who has everything or could create anything? Again, please open to Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. There's Bibles in front of you. You're welcome to also use the Bibles on your phone or your apps, whatever. Just stay focused on God's Word today, not texting, not video games, not coloring or doodling, unless you're coloring or doodling the scriptures we read. Let's give God all we have. And as we do that, let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your fellowship. And we thank you for the fellowship we have with one another. We thank you for the many blessings you give to us every day of our lives. And we pray now for this message. Amen.
You know, speaking of opening your Bibles, I wrote down that I love opening gifts. Maybe you do as well. I'm sure that most of you have a lot of gifts to open after the service. Maybe you've already opened a few. I love buying gifts as well. And to continue this idea from last night, this, this past week, I actually made the choice. This was a hard choice. It was so hard to think about what to buy my dad for Christmas. Can any of you relate with that? I think sometimes buying your dad Christmas gifts are the hardest gifts to buy as they seem to already have everything, anything. Anything I thought to buy him would be hundreds of dollars, which was a bit beyond my budget. Now, I did eventually buy him a gift. I can't tell you what that is because he might be watching this morning, but it is a very practical gift. And it wasn't hundreds of dollars either. But planning my dad's gift made me think about this idea today. You see, my dad is a hard one to buy for. Many of you are looking at your dads in here. I saw that. Many of the wives are looking at their spouses as well. But sometimes we don't give enough thought about what do we give those people. And it got me thinking about what do we give to Christ? What do we give to the one who is our everything, who gives us everything? We have no hope apart from him, no life, no light. We live in darkness apart from him. Yet how much do we spend planning and giving gifts to him? Let's read now Jesus' birth in Matthew chapter 1. And to see from three wise men, or maybe not three, but wise men specifically, what they brought before him. Starting at Matthew 1 verse 18 through 2 verse 12. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Speaking, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew, not, knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Jesus. Now, this is where I could transition. We're not going to I'll just explain it, but I could transition to Luke and read those famous words, which were also repeated in a famous Peanuts Charlie Brown cartoon of Jesus' birth. The angel is declaring the glory of the Lord to shepherds and shepherds coming to worship him. But here we continue on in Matthew chapter 2 now. Now after Jesus was born, a time, uh, a time later, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. 
Now, let me tell you, when we hear all Jerusalem, it's not normally meaning all of God's people of Jerusalem. Normally, it's meaning the more political side of things. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the leaders of the day. And it says, all Jerusalem was troubled with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. I find this interesting. I didn't plan on stopping too much while reading. But I find it interesting that it says Herod summoned him, them, the wise men, and Herod sent them the wise men. And maybe it's this thing that kings always just feel like they need to be the ones in charge and the ones that really is telling them what to do. But I want to remind you, these wise men, they were already coming. They were already searching for Jesus. They were on their way far before the king summoned them and told them where to go. And in fact, for that matter, the king's purpose in sending them was to gather intel because he wanted to kill him. He didn't want to worship him like these wise men. But the wise men continue on in their search for Jesus, not because the king Herod told them to, but because this is what they felt called to do. They wanted to give them gifts. Jesus, gifts. Let's read on. <clears throat> Verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now I'm going to move straight to application today. This is going to be a very basic, in-your-face, straight application type message. We're not going to go super deep. But what we're going to do is look to the gifts fit for a king, gifting the king of kings. We're going to look to the wise men, what they brought to King Jesus. But we're not talking about frankincense, more and gold. We're talking about their lives. So let's start with this. Straight to first, the first application, number one. And there's no slides, so take notes. Listen up, take notes. Number one is simply this. Make sacrifices for Jesus. Make sacrifices for Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about sacrificing your firstborn child. Lana, you're safe. I told her I was going to have her come forward for an illustration. But I'm not going to lay you over the coals or over any firewood. You are safe. Now, I'm also not speaking of going home and finding a Christmas goose or a duck or a lamb. And speaking of sacrificing your time for him. Now, before we speak to this, I must also say that if you have never sacrificed your life metaphorically for him, submitted to him as king of kings over your life, Lord, Messiah, Savior, you must do this first. Do it today. 
Admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you need the hope, the life, the light that only he can bring. Confess with your mouth Jesus to be Lord for you. But moving forward and speaking back to the wise men now, the wise men make sacrifices for Jesus. The wise men traveled for Jesus. Here's one of those notable statements. How far do we travel for Jesus? The wise men traveled a great distance. They traveled afar from the east. Do we sacrifice our time for him? Do we travel for Jesus? You know, at a recent memorial service, I heard a man share words that if you love something and you truly appreciate something, you spend time taking care of it. Some of you know what I'm referencing. I expand upon this thought. If you love and appreciate something, you give it your time. If I came in here and said, I love fishing, which I do enjoy fishing. Some of you know that. But if I came up here and I said, I love fishing, and somebody came to me, oh, really? When did you last go? And I said, oh, I've never been. You'd think, wow, that's not a very big show of love. Or even if I said, well, I went once like five years ago. That doesn't sound too good. If I came in here and I said, I love my family, and I never spend time with my family, I never show them the time of day, I never show them I care for them, I never talk to them, you'd be questioning my words, wouldn't you? If you truly love and appreciate something, you sacrifice for them and you spend time with them. These wise men, they love Jesus. They show appreciation to him. They sacrifice their time for them. The wise men, they went to worship him. They traveled for Jesus to worship Jesus for who he is, not, for what they, not just for what he would give to them. Jesus is a child at this time. They went just to give their worship. This is a great gift for the king of kings. This Jesus could create anything, but what he desires most of you is your time in worshiping him. And this takes humility, which brings me number two, humble yourself for Jesus. The wise men humbled themselves greatly to worship Jesus. Now, I don't want to go down the path of speaking of kings going to worship our King Jesus and how humbling it would be for a king to fall down before Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, I mean, these wise men are not referred to as being kings. We get that from a famous Christmas carol song, which has these words. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse afar. Filled and, mountain more, filled and fountain more and mountain following yonder star. The chorus goes like this, and it's a great Christmas carol. It's a great song. It goes, O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. It's a great song. But the word of God most generally refers to these men as wise men or magi, magicians or astrologers, not kings, wise men, very wealthy, educated Gentiles that traveled a long way to come to worship Jesus. You might think there were three of them, but we also know there could have been many. There could have been dozens. We get the three often because of the three gifts which were given, but there could have been more. But what we see is they traveled a very long way to worship Jesus, and they gave him very unusual gifts. And they would defy an earthly king in their worship of this child. Again, 
They are wise men, not kings. And they come before a king, King Herod, and they at least give an appearance to follow his commands until they don't. Back to the point. Wise men came to Jesus, magi, and it would be an act of humility, a gifting to the king of kings of humility on their part, humbling as they traveled such distance, humbling to make such great sacrifices in their their travel, humbling as they would not follow the earthly king Herod's wishes, but they would follow their call upon their life by King Jesus instead. All they did was for another And all they did was for seeking him, not for what they would get that day, but for what they could give to him. We too must humble ourselves for another, for Jesus, the King of Kings. Let him receive you. Don't go seeking just to receive, but to give him a great gift, a gift fit for a king, your dedication, your submission. Number three, bow down, fall to your knees for Jesus. The wise men, when they came in the presence of Jesus, immediately the first thing we see when they came into the presence of this child, Jesus and Mary, the moment they came into the house, they fell down and worshiped him. We too must come to an act of falling down to worship him, submitting ourselves prostrate on the floor before him metaphorically. Falling down would be a great act of gifting in itself. To show this child worthy of all their praise. To be above them. These wise men who many people must have looked up to. Gentiles of great wealth and education. Yet they walk in this house of the humble Mary. And this child Jesus. They fall down. We too should bow down and fall for Jesus. Number four. Give a great gift of value to Jesus. The wise men brought gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh the word of god says here they opened up their treasures other translations say that they opened up treasure chest these were gifts of great value and not just financially but practical value as well that would help them in their life many ways we're not looking in detail to what these gifts meant or were we can look to that later but here's what i want you to see today the greatest valuable gift that you can give the king of kings jesus today It's not gold, it's not frankincense or myrrh. The best gift in existence today to Jesus, to him, to give him, is you. Jesus doesn't need gold, frankincense, or myrrh. Most importantly, Jesus wants your dedication. He wants your love. He wants your adoration. He wants your worship. He wants your submission. He wants you to receive the life and light that he has for you and to live in his righteous ways. For what does righteous mean but right? That is the right way to live with him and his ways. All he truly wants is just that. He wants your heart. He wants your trust. Writer Christina Rossetti said this, What can I give him? Poor as I am. If I was a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part. Yet what I can give... I give him my heart. Trust in Jesus. Give him your heart. Give him your love. Give him your adoration. Give a great gift of value to Jesus by committing your life to serving and worshiping him forevermore. Live in his great light of life. Live in his righteous ways and declare of his greatness. 
fall down before him and worship him. There you go. Four ways to gift the king of kings. Take these home, consider them further. Consider what is your gift that you bring before him with your life? I ask you to consider this. What gifts do you give to Jesus? The king of kings who gives you everything. But before we close, I have one final point, number five. One closing point from verse 12. Don't return to King Herod. Continue with Jesus for all your life. You see, the wise men did not follow King Herod's instructions in the end. They were commanded to come back to him. But receiving a dream, a vision, they went back home another way. And I guarantee you after that visit to the King of Kings, Jesus, they went back proclaiming of Jesus forevermore. We should do the same. After worshiping the King of Kings, Jesus, continue on your way, not in the world's ways, but in his as you gift Jesus with your life, don't run back to worldly ways or worldly kings. Do not serve any other. Jesus is the king of kings and he should receive your everything. Let me say that again. Jesus is the king of kings and he should receive your everything. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's close in prayer and song. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day where we come before you to worship you for what you've brought to our life, the best gift ever, your life, your light, your righteous ways, your understanding of your word, the Holy Spirit within us equip us for your, for your kingdom and our part in it. We thank you, Lord, for all you bring to us, and we pray now for your glory. We worship you today. And we may not fall on our faces physically, Lord, but I do ask for you to convict us to fall before you in all ways that we must, in all ways that we should. May you receive a humble act here. May our time seem a value to you, not because we need it to, but because it should. Lord, we give you our worship. Thank you for Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for joining me. Please stand. Let's sing. Let's sing, go tell it on the mountain. Yeah.
Go tell it. Preach it. God bless you. Thank you.